Hello, hello everyone. How are we doing? Um, today's podcast comes on the back of my weekend, which included a lot of alcohol consumption, as you can maybe tell from the title of, the, of this one. And it's also something that's cropped up a lot in my clients' check-ins recently, in that quite a few people from January did dry Jan, felt the benefits of dry Jan, and since they kind of have drank in weekends since, are like really feeling the impact of it. And it's so funny, because I know when people check in after a weekend of them having drank more than usual, and they've maybe been a bit hungover, their check-ins are so much more, negatives maybe not the right word, but they're like, oh my God, I feel like I need to get my life in gear and all of a sudden feel this sudden push to like restrict more than they usually would in the week coming up. And I had quite a few check-ins like that this morning and I'm just, I, I can relate is basically all that I'm saying. Um, this weekend, <laughs> so I was out for like a bottomless brunch thing and you know like when you're at these bottomless like it's there's not much brunching going on like you're not really eating very much and I was like an afternoon tea kind of thing like I didn't eat very much and it was a long day and I'd had a fair amount to drink and then on my way home I got back into Brighton obviously had the standard power nap on the train to make the journey go quicker I was like, I've right, I was mentioning this to Jack, I haven't had a Domino's in probably like well over a year, maybe like we're virgin like 18 months now. And when I was a student, Domino's was like a regular occurrence for me. And I've been kind of thinking recently, I was like, oh, I really fancy trying like one of those Domino's vegan pizzas because I've never tried them. And then on my way home, I had that thought, I was like, I'm so hungry, I'm gonna go with God Domino's. So I got one of the large vegan pepperoni pizzas, I ate the whole thing, like the whole <laughs> it was insane and like I still was pretty hungry after I'm not gonna lie to you but um like I'm at the point now where like I'm kind of cool with that like I'm not really trying to lose fat and things like that but the first thing I woke up in the morning it was the first thing I thought of I was like oh my god what what the fuck is wrong with me like I was starting to stress and that was very much past me coming in and present me would still say if you're gonna have a Domino's eat it mindfully and obviously I was not eating it mindfully because I was rather intoxicated. Um, by the way, <laughs> what role model am I? Um, but yes, so that's also what kind of sparked this one because, and I've also noticed in my older years, when I drink, like I've heard people talk about the beer fear before and it's something I'd never experienced until now. Like I feel really, I mean, I'm not a very anxious person, but I feel really anxious the day after I've drank, but nothing to do with like, oh my God, was I an idiot the day before? It's like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not succeeding, I'm a failure. Like, it so insanely comes out of nowhere and it's just very strange. So, like my clients, I'm now very aware <laughs> of my alcohol consumption and that is what this pod is gonna be about. It's about the real impact of alcohol on your results. So first, let's kind of start with with the drink itself. And this is especially like if you are in a fat loss phase perhaps, um, and you're seeing like plateaus, like this could be a real 
indicator of what's just slightly pushing you out of your deficit. So in terms of when you're going, when you've got your food deficit for your week, often that in itself can sometimes feel like, no, I need all those calories because I'm hungry for it. The issue with alcohol is they don't really, it doesn't give you that satiating properties. In fact, sometimes it can have the opposite effect and we get like the munchies. But for example, one pint of, you know, standard lager is probably going to set you, set you back. It's probably going to be around 230 calories. A bottle of wine, so like three large glasses, about 600. And then cocktails can really be the main culprit when, you know, an espresso martini could probably be like, you know, 300 calories and things. And then things that are like taller, like pina colada, I bloody love a pina colada trust, but can be even higher still. So if you had a night out where, you know, it's like a big night and you have six pints, that's going to be like, what, 1400 calories, 1400. If you're a female in a deficit, you're probably going to be aiming for like maybe around 16 to 1800 per day. You have what, 200 calories left on that day to play with. Or if you've ate your normal diet, that kind of pushes you maybe not out of your deficit for the whole week, but it definitely pushes you into maintenance or perhaps even a surplus, depending on how that impacts your actions as well. So you can easily see that by the end of the night, you can end up being well over a thousand calories just worth of alcohol and pair that with a night that if you're out for dinner and then, or maybe there's a quick drop into Domino's or the kebab shop on the way back. Yeah, it can take you out of your deficit or even put you into a surplus for the week, even though, you know, Monday to Friday, you've been sticking to your calories quite um, rigidly, or if you're not tracking, you've been really mindful around your eating in terms of only giving yourself kind of three main meals and a couple snacks, and those meals are filled with lots of veggies and proteins and things. That can be the thing that is distinguishing your progress as a whole by the end of the month. Now, Disclaimer, if this is something that you do like once in a while, like trust not every weekend am I going into London for a bottomless brunch and having a whole large dominoes on the way home. But if the this is a regular occurrence for you, you can see how that would impact things. If it was one weekend a month and that one night out pushed you out of your deficit and into like a maintenance level for that week, you would still have three weeks in a deficit. So as a whole, you're probably still going to lose fat. But if it's, you know, more regular, or perhaps I know like some of my female clients, the week of their period, we tend to, things might go up to a maintenance level if they're hungrier, if they're not able to move as much. So if you have one week where you have a really heavy night out, one week where it's around your cycle, maybe you're only getting two weeks of a deficit per month. And do you know what? That's freaking okay. Like if you're okay with that and you're okay with your progress being slower at the expense or with the consequence of having a really fun big night out once a month that you genuinely enjoy and I'm not talking about one of those where you're like why did I do that why did I drink that much I'm annoyed at myself I'm talking about one that you will remember forever and you had a really good time in my books it's worth it but that's for up to you to justify So don't get frustrated at a slow progress if that's like something that's a regular occurrence for you. 
So obviously the day of when you're drinking, say you are out for dinner or you are getting food on the way back home, the issue is you're less likely to make considered nutritional choices and you're also unlikely to feel fullness levels. <laughs> I was gonna say, if I was sober, would I have eaten that whole pizza? The answer is probably yes, because I was really hungry. But uh, there's a lot of occasions where and I can specifically remember when it's been like catch up with friends and there's been bowls of crisps at the table and you're just snacking all night and you might not realize how full you're actually feeling because you're a little bit drunk, like you're not truly connected to all your senses. So from not even kind of the density of the alcohol, but it might be that you eat over what you would usually consume on an average day as well, just because you're unaware. And then there's like third culprit around alcohol is ultimately the day after. You're less likely to move, you're more likely to reach for nutritional choices that you're not cooking from scratch, perhaps you're getting in a takeaway, perhaps you feel like you're reaching for comfort if you are feeling that anxiety. Um, and this can, this is when it ultimately bleeds into something bigger than just a night out. And it's the same thing, if it's one weekend in a while, it's not gonna make a huge difference. But if this is a regular thing that Sundays are like a write-off for you and you don't leave the house, then four days of your month where you're not getting your steps in, what adds up to like 40,000 steps that you're leaving on the table, plus potentially the extra calories you might consume on those days, plus the gym session that you might miss. And also, if you do end up forcing yourself to go to the gym, you might not be able to push as hard in your sessions, therefore you're not getting as much muscle growth out of those, your, those sessions because your body's just not up to it. So just being aware of that kind of knock-on effect it could have on your day after, which, I mean, the thing is for me, like, I can't remember the last time, even when I'm really hungover, like, I will, maybe won't, I won't go to the gym, but God, I will get my steps in and I will make sure I get protein in and I will eat veggies. Like, but that's just me. <laughs> like, it's not, I just don't this to now sound like some kind of negative mindset and some kind of punishment, because it's not. But like, my accountability is, if you're gonna act like a twat the night before and drink more than you should, you're getting up and you're at least doing some good for your body and giving it some fresh air the next day. Because as much as you might wanna sit in bed all day, actually, it's probably not gonna make you feel any better. So that's when adult Josephine has to come in and be like, you fucked up, you drank too much, this is the consequence, get out, get some fresh air and eat some veggies. <laughs> um, so th that's kind of bleeding into the next section I was going to, which is kind of solutions for this because I am not the fun police. And as you've guessed, I do enjoy a drink and I would never expect anyone to go completely teetotal just in the pursuit of fat loss because I don't think that's entirely necessary. So let's look at how we can actually incorporate it into our lives without it derailing our progress massively. And the obvious solution is kind of drink swaps from that calorie perspective. So one of my clients is doing this at the moment. We kind of dabbled with setting, we'll only have X amount of drinks per week. And she found that as much as she tried to implement that, perhaps it felt too much of an adjustment at first. So we're instead keeping the limit kind of in the upper limit, maybe six to eight drinks per week, but lower calorie options. So where she'd usually have a pint, we're instead gonna have like a gin and slimline or a glass of Prosecco, which I'm sure a gin and tonic, I need to Google it. Gin, gin and 
tonic calories. I'm sure it's like 60 calories. Oh no, maybe that's a lie. Oh, yeah. Gin and slim white tonic, around 115 calories. So pretty much half of what that pint is. So that can make a huge difference. Obviously, if you had eight pints in a night, we said it takes you kind of over to that 1,400 mark. Whereas if you had eight of those gin and tonics, still 800 calories, but less as a whole. And it all comes into calories in versus calories out. Things like light beers, obviously any kind of clear spirit and a diet mixer. Um, yeah, Prosecco as well, I'm sure, is around like 100, 120 cal calories a glass. So that in itself means you're not getting that FOMO, but at least it's not the same level of density in terms of the calories. The other one is set setting yourself drink limits. So whether that's on a night, whether that's over the week, if you are someone who's more likely to drink through the week, but for example, if you know you have a night out on Friday, are you setting yourself a limit on how many drinks you're gonna have. And it's easy enough for you to stay now when you're sober, but you seriously need to hold yourself accountable to sticking to that target. Because we all know how it is once you get a few drinks in and everyone's getting excited around you, you're more likely to hit that target. So perhaps if you know it's gonna be a long night, have drinks that you can make last longer. Like I know I'm more likely to sip on a Prosecco than a gin and tonic, so I could nurse that for a bit longer. Could you be that person that just swaps in soft drinks every so often to spread it out a little bit more? Setting yourself limits can be a really good one as well. And then you'll know if you're tracking, you'll know how much you got in. And you'll also save yourself the next day a bit more. Similar one is setting food limits as well. So, you know, saying to yourself, if I am going out for a dinner and drinks, I'm only going to have one course or I'm only gonna have two courses instead of three courses or I'm gonna adjust what food option I would have and I would never normally like if you're going out and again it comes back to the same thing if it's every once in a while just have whatever the hell you want whether you're in a fat loss phase or not I feel like that's still important to do so that you're giving yourself permission to eat the foods that you actually really enjoy but again if it's something that's really regular then maybe you are gonna have to look into what your choice is when you go to the restaurant so not having like two carby options like the fries and the onion rings having a side salad or some veggies instead trust me the word side salad sounds to me as well but if fat loss is your priority that's something that you need to consider when you are eating out having and this is like one that jack my boyfriend does a lot but i think it's genuinely quite a good idea is having drunk food at home so like when you get in from a night out and you get really peckish you have food in the house for you to eat. And it could be something that feels like a little bit junky, like maybe it's junky, like junk food, not like a junky. But <laughs> like if you've got an air fryer and you've got some like curly fries that you in the freezer, chuck that in the air fryer with some barbecue sauce, that's gonna be amazing. But it's probably not gonna be the same amount of calories as the like, 1400 calorie kebab from the kebab shop or my I did look it up on the nutrition guide in Domino's because I, I shouldn't have to look at the calories but I was like no nah, I really want to know and my pizza was like 1200 which to be fair wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be um but yeah if I just had like even if I had like a whole garlic bread it would have probably only been like 800 but it might have still kind of filled that void 
also might find that you get home and then you just want to get into bed as well so that's kind of another option and it goes for the same thing the next day like can you have food in the house that like even if earlier in the week you'd made like a delicious like lasagna and the day after you had that with some garlic bread and some I was going to say a side salad again but salad's good with pasta right like that's gonna feel like a really nice substantial meal to soak up all that alcohol. But it's again, not gonna be as much as if you are to get that like takeaway from Domino's. <laughs> um, and the last one, the last solution, staying accountable to your actions the next day. So like I said before, like if you are letting yourself be that person who goes a bit wild the night out, Hold yourself to account the next day that I actually know my body's gonna need some fresh air. Some movement's actually gonna make me probably feel better. It means I'll sleep better when I go to bed that night. Stay accountable to your actions the next day. If you've given yourself a gym session to do, do it. Like even if you feel like death, and I'm not one for saying, I am always one for saying listen to your body. But if you've made a commitment to yourself that you're gonna go to the gym and then you fucked up by getting too drunk, say to yourself, no, I'm still going to go. And even if it's a really rubbish workout, do it. One of my other clients is like this and he won't mind me saying, but he, he always ends up scheduling his gym sessions for a night after he's been out. And he always manages to hit PBs and those, and I'm talking like heavy squats and deadlifts he'll do after a big night out. Always manages to get a PB. And I used to sometimes find that as well. I don't know if it was just an extra bit of punishment that I put myself through, but yeah, but just so you're really building that trust in yourself that you're not going to let yourself down. And in the future, perhaps it's going to be like, oh my God, last time I went to the gym after a night out, it was really rough. I don't want it to feel like that again. And just making, letting yourself know that you made that commitment to yourself and you're sticking to it. So I hope that was useful for anyone who perhaps feels that they're worried about the impact that their alcohol consumption has on their success in terms of if they have fat loss goals or just goals around their fitness in general. Obviously, disclaimer, I mean, I don't think I need to say disclaimer, but as a coach, I should be looking at the actual recommended, which I'm currently Googling right now, alcohol consumption. And in a woman, I think it's like 10 or something, 14 units of alcohol per week. That might be for men though. Oh no, it's men and women, it says on the NHS website. Which is not a lot, because a pint is like two and a half or something, isn't it? So, six pints over a week. From a health perspective, that is the RGA anyway. So even outside the fat loss side of things, from a health perspective, that's what you should be looking at, obviously, because that's the priority. Um... I understand that that can sometimes be a little bit real, unrealistic for, um, I was gonna say my female clients who are in their 20s and 30s, but my mom knows how to party as well and she's in her 50s, so. So yes, anyway, back to the point. I hope that's useful in terms of some perspective around your fat loss results. Maybe it's not having, if you can look at that and say, oh, well, actually, maybe that's not what's halting me and my fat loss because I'm quite sensible with my drinking or maybe this is a bit of an eye opener and be like, yeah no that's or it's probably not an eye-opener but it's a bit of a reality check and that where are you leaving your efforts from the week going kind of unmet or unnoticed or you're not achieving the full potential of it um because 
of those Fridays and Saturday nights. And as I say, I'm not the fun police. I still want everyone to do it. That's why I tried to give as much advice on doing it in a way that's still gonna <laughs> work in around the fat loss side of things. At the end of the day, in an ideal world, if we wanted to lose fat, we would just eat veggies and lean protein and drink plenty of water and go to the gym five days a week and do 10,000 steps and not drink alcohol. But we're not robots, we're human beings and we still want to experience joy in life. So if alcohol still brings you joy, which I know on occasion it does for me as well, then we can still reach our goals if we are sensible about it. I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening.